0: Welcome to episode 1032 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Tuesday, March 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I am well. We are uh, in recovery mode from Vegas. Had a great, great weekend. My God. Seriously, could not have really mapped it out better. Uh, a, A script wouldn't have been as good as how it all played out. The draft was excellent. We knew that draft room would be a lot of fun. And then us sitting at the same poker table. Are you kidding? Yeah, like, that was blast. He, even that was by happenstance because the dweeb in front of me that was being seated went to my spot. And so, you know, I wasn't like pissed about it or whatever. I was just like, oh, hey, that guy, you know, because I, I, I was following what was happening. And I saw that he went to the spot where they pointed me to. I was like, oh, he took that spot. Can I get another seat? So he took me back up to the front. And as that was happening, that extra minute, you were busting two people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, there's open seats on 11. And I was like, I, I I knew because I'd obviously come to see you. You're like, I'm at table 11. I was like, I'll take that. I'll take that. So I ran over there. And not only was the seat open, but literally right next to you. Mm-hmm. Again, couldn't have planned this stuff better. So we had a blast. You cracked my aces. Didn't matter, though, baby. I still came up big, too. We both ended yeah. up on that table. You left, with a, you left with a nice stack. I was hitting my wave as you were leaving. And I was like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm probably like 20 Yeah, I wouldn't have last had you. uh (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know. You catch a heater, you don't leave, though. You know, I had the early flight. I was like, and it wasn't late or anything. And we're talking like 738 o'clock that you and I are talking. You're going to go downtown. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to bed soon. Don't worry. Go downtown have fun. But then I caught that heater. I ended up playing another two and a half hours after you um, because I had to pick up the scraps after you left. You took all the money, but then Mm -hmm. we filtered in some new money, and I went ahead and scooped some of that. So, uh, all ended up very well. We're going to talk about the draft, though, which was the it was the main event of the main event weekend, of course. But let's start with a little bit of news. We got some news. Obviously, teams are still playing. Spring training's happening. Things are happening fast. Got a big injury for your boys. Evan Longoria is going to have a finger surgery that's going to put him out for a little while. You guys, your Giants, you're, you're a big Giants fan. For those that don't know, are uh, are very platoon heavy right now. They're they're moving guys around and maybe even somebody like Longoria might've been finding himself platooned here and there at the very least, obviously he's going to be out now. Are you in on uh, Wilmer Flores as the big winner here?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't, you know, just kind of taking a you know quick look at the roster. I don't really see anybody else who benefits. Uh, you know, Longoria was one of those guys. I don't know that he was going to platoon very much. I think he was going to play full time as long as stealthy. Problem is, you know, he's yeah, fi- older. And-
0: Sorry, I was gonna say, I figured more like days off for like rest. Yeah. the platoon. You're right because he was. He they definitely like one of the optimize. Few guys.
1: Yeah, they definitely optimize um, days off for him. Uh, but I mean, this is huge for Omar Flores because he goes from being a guy who was probably a short side platoon guy to now
0: yeah. probably playing pretty close to every day, and he's tightened his platoon. He mm-hmm. came up as a lefty killer, and this is why you hear guys like Todd Zola and other folks who do the projections say, like, be careful with these platoon splits because they need so long to really mathematically stabilize, meaning they can flip on a dime. We think a guy is some way, and he changes it one year. Sometimes that can be luck. They have a 500 up against the handedness yep. that they're rough against, or things just kind of uh, you know neutralize a little bit, and that's where Flores is. I like him as an everyday player. Honestly, I would have I would have moved him up our board in in the main uh, if this news had happened on Saturday morning yeah. or something. He went. Yeah, he's, very definitely guy, he's definitely a
1: guy. He's definitely I would have targeted towards the end. I mean, you've got the multi positional eligibility. You know, being mm-hmm. eligible for second and third uh, in pretty much every league.
0: Um, you I'm know, twenty eighth in our draft.
1: Yeah, twenty eighth right. Right now, um, the Bat X has him projected for. 14 home runs and a 260 batting average, but they've only got him projected for, you know, 397 in terms of plate appearances. So, you know, if he can find his way to 500 plus plate appearances, you know, we could be talking about, you know, 25 plus home home runs. Um, With some
0: solid batting average. That's Wilmer Flores. You know, he's always he's a 267 career hitter. All these projections live in the high 260s to low 270s. So I think Wilmer Flores is somebody really intriguing. Those of you who scooped him in NL only for a couple bucks, you're sitting pretty now. Uh, because I think if he plays well enough in in Longoria's absence here, it's going to help him facilitate more playing time even when Longo comes back. And maybe at the expense of, like, a Tommy Lestella who's getting healthy. And I really do actually like Tommy lestella but – some of these guys are gonna to start to lose PT, maybe a Darren Ruff. Um, you know, Brandon Belt obviously can already sit he's, against lefty. He's
1: already Belt's already dealing with it, some sort of injury issues. So uh you know what I mean so there you go. As much as the Giants want to be platoon heavy, if these guys he are got healthy, out the they're not yeah, they're not gonna be able to. So uh guys like, you know, Flores and Ruff are typically downgraded, rightfully so, because they're you know they're looked at as Short side platoon bats, they could find their way to full time playing time just because there's a lot of injury risk on this team already.
0: Absolutely. So keep it, keep that in mind there. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay closers job is never really one that feels all that stable. You look back on years, and a lot of times you'll find somebody has kind of emerged as the main guy, but we don't usually know that going in. That's the tough part. Like they have, they're, they're on par with everyone. I, I did a, a little it was nothing that I published. It was just something that I was reviewing well, offline was uh, teams with a 20 save guy and and uh, over the last five full seasons. So since 2016, they're right there with everybody else. Like I think five was the most. So one every each of the five full years. And then four was second most, of course. And a lot of teams have four and Tampa Bay was there. So they usually find a guy, but in the last three seasons, including 2020, so 21, 20 and 19 they've led the league with guys to get at least one save as well for the Rays. This all leads to Pete Fairbanks going to deal with a lat injury. That's going to put him down for a while. Andrew Kittredge was already the guy with kind of the leader in the clubhouse tag. Does this make you more confident in, in drafting an Andrew Kittredge now that one of his chief competitors is gone? Or do you take it where, well the next guy up and they'll just have somebody else, bulturing saves from Kittredge and I'm not as confident. Where do you come out after this uh, Pete Fairbanks injury due to a lap?
1: I mean, I guess I'm a little bit more uh, confident in Kittredge, but not that much more. It's still the Rays. And um, I I do worry that they're gonna just mix and match because that's what they do. They're very good at optimizing that bullpen. And um, uh, you know, you can't blame them, you know, especially we would love to see them in fantasy, you know, just stick with one guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I trust them not. <laughs> I do not trust them at all. Um, no. So he's just, he's never going to end up on my team unless he goes super, super late. I think this will bump him up uh, a little bit in remaining drafts. And so it's true. unlikely I'm going to add him to yeah, my I, teams.
0: I think that's the tough part is that this move, this substantial injury to Pete Fairbanks will likely move Andrew Kittredge up. So if you liked him already, maybe you're you're feeling confident you're going to stick with it. But if you didn't like him or you were already concerned, uh, now you're going to have to pay more for Andrew Kittredge. And it's not a terrible price, pick 183. I think he could meander toward the upper teens, low 20s saves, and that would be really strong. But if he's now pick uh, pick 150, okay, here we go, a couple comparisons. Andrew Kittredge or Camilo Duvall?
1: Mm, that's a really good question. Um... I guess I'd go Kittredge.
0: Okay. What about uh, versus Mark Melanson? Melanson, I don't think that's particularly close. Uh, I don't necessarily either. What about against Matt Barnes, Andrew Kittredge, Mm -hmm. Matt Barnes?
1: Barnes, but if if I'm having to make these decisions, I have not done, I've not drafted well. I have made not put myself where I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you know, I want to leave one of the first five rounds with a closer. Last one, Andrew, one. K-
0: Andrew Kittredge versus Gregory Soto.
1: Soto, um, and
0: I don't. know. the, the like name guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would take Kittredge there. I, I'm getting a little bit more confidence in Kittredge, not just based off of this news, based off of his skills and the fact that I think he can be, like the Diego Castillo. This you're not Castillo got traded. I'm not saying get, getting traded, but like Castillo was the guy and then got moved, but he wound up maybe with 20 or something this year. So we'll see. But um, I agree with you. I don't want to be in that position. I want to be in a position where I've already got my closers when those guys are going. I, and maybe I, I, I got one for you. A third closer. Yes.
1: And it kind of is our, our little transition into the next topic. It, would you rather have Kittredge or David Bednar?
0: Well, I was going to say, what about Chris Stratton instead? Because we learned that they're going to be sharing duties, and that is the transition into our next topic there stratton and bednar saving sharing duties i would go kittredge over bednar now and over stratton but stratton's moving way up you took him in the main this is one of your boys coming back home dude uh you liked him as a starter many years ago with the giants as a sleeper now he's coming up as a as a reliever here and they've come out and said like it's not it's not a bednar only job it's a share i know that made you want to take stratton what are you doing with Bednar? Are you still getting him now? Because his price is going to drop. But if they're sharing, that doesn't mean Bednar's out. So what, what where do you do with Bednar's price now? Does it drop to a level where you're like, well, I'm still in on Bednar and Stratton, or are you just Stratton now? Um,
1: I mean, I've been just Stratton all along. I think if, if Bednar's price drops to the point where um, I can kind of double tap on them, and just say, I'm going to pick up Pittsburgh saves because while they're sharing right now, it does not mean they're going to share the rest of the way. Um, you know, this is the reason that, you know, I've talked about this all offseason, that I felt like Stratton, but worst, would get a portion of that role. Uh, this is like worst possible outcome, though, right? Because, I mean, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then we're now we're talking about them sharing the saves. A split so, role. Um, I think this downgrades them both a little bit for me. Uh, just because uh, Stratton will go up, Bednar will come down, but now they're sharing the role. And I mean, are we talking like 15 saves a piece? Like, that's not super enticing. I guess it's something, but
0: uh, 15 saves is actually kind of a decent number these days, though, man. There's not yeah. that many guys putting up like putting up that kind of number. So, yeah, that's I mean, fair. It's, just, it's, it's a little bit of a pain, though, right? Because, um, It'd be better if one guy just even if it was Stratton. I like Bedner, but it'd be awesome if, if just one guy took the job. You minned Stratton. This was this was mm-hmm. like the news was fresh. And so you the had news him.
1: hadn't even happened when I when I you made got him that. at
0: 328. Yeah. Then that Saturday later after the draft, we get the news on it. They're like, oh, they're actually gonna be sharing duties. Justin freaking got got us. And um he's not gonna stay at 328. So where yeah. does Stratton go from here? You mind him at 328. I think he goes even higher than that. Where do you, where do you think he starts to go over these next few mains?
1: Mm. Well, let's pull up the main ADP and kind of take a look. Uh, my guess is he jumps up close to 100 picks. So you said he was at 328. Um, let's 228 see what,
0: 228.
1: 228. In- put him. Trevino. I mean, yeah, that's gonna if, if that's probably too high. So maybe it's eh, maybe a bit lower, yeah. But like
0: not crazy, it's like, like, like Robert the, Suarez, Paul Seawald area the two eighty.
1: Yeah, I was thinking like two fifty, like where Dylan Floro landed. Um, I, I would
0: still take Floro over him, even though Floro's a little nicked. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so probably. I, I would like,
0: prefer Stratton over Colome, but Colome is the guy, so I think he goes higher, and I don't. I yeah, would, I, would I think that's that. fair. I I do not want Colomay. Like I no, I, I'm not taking Colorado guys. Like it's just a pain in the ass. The saves aren't worth it. Um, no. Nope. So yeah. So strand's moving up. If you were like J- J- Justin and already on him, kudos because that's a nice pick. Now, if you're gonna get double-digit saves for a 300, 400 something pick, that's really my second
1: hot. second most rostered player. There you go, um, baby. In I don't cut Bedner. Eight-
0: this is not Bender leads. out. This is not mm-hmm. Bender's out. This is just that he's sharing now. Mm-hmm. That's okay. He can get 15 saves and still be and the skills.
1: Would be, yeah, the skills would be really good for for Bender still. Let the price uh, come
0: down. He maxed at yeah. 210 this weekend. I think he starts to be more in the 180 to 210 range. Let that come down, and you can take him over there. But do not be fully out on Bender. This is not. Safe I bet you he drops
1: down. down to the 250 range. Because I be mean, I would take most, him all day there. most of the leagues that already drafted him by the time, uh,
0: by the time that. Uh, yeah, I think all of them out. have. So we'll have to see how yeah. the rest of this week's go, because there's going to mm-hmm. be some this week online. And we'll have to see how that goes with uh, with Bedner's price. So I will I will buy the dip on on Bedner, but I will actually buy the rise on Stratton, too. I think that's a fair price for yep. both. I'm open to either. All right, let's get into the draft. It was awesome, man. What a room. Scott Jenstead at the one striker, baby striker Jenstead. What a stud. <laughs> that striker with a Y get it right or else War Dog will get you. Dalton Daldon at two, Justin Salinger at three. Who's that clown?
1: Never heard, heard of him,
0: never heard of him. Herb Ero at four, uh, with his teammate Ryan Radzinski. uh, Ray Diaz at five, Emmett Ruland at six, Dustin McComas at seven, mm-hmm. Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell at eight. Jacob, uh, Jason Gill, excuse me, met him. Very nice guy. The whole league, by the way, just yeah. wonderful people. Um, Airman, I think it's Ralph Airman, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, at 10, Dave Potts at 11, Mike Dugan at 12, Dave Smith at 13, Michael Gauvier and myself at 14 and 15. What a room. What a great time. Gen- general overview first before we dive into your team. Oh. Did you move up to the hype? Did, did you enjoy yourself?
1: yeah absolutely i mean it it was a blast um it uh it was a very very tough group um and i mean every, every main event is tough but of course it was it was a lot tighter than i'd seen a lot of the other main events be um in terms of there weren't like very many crazy picks like there weren't people who were jumping guys out of nowhere um you know in uh you know, in a few of the main events we saw on uh, Thursday, especially, there were some just like, whoa, picks, like, uh, you know, Jake Degrom going in front, you know, being the first pitch taking.
0: Yeah, um, like six overall,
1: um, you know, we saw Byron Buxton go in the second round of a lot of leagues uh, it wasn't just Thursday. Um, so like, yeah, you know, in the third of ours, that actually was mm-hmm. almost a discount relative to where, mm-hmm. it was, where Buxton was going. Yeah. So, I mean, we saw some like really crazy things and big things happen in other leagues. And I don't feel like that happened in ours. I mean, there definitely were guys who got pushed up because sure. that's what happens. Um, you know, I set them in on three or four guys. Uh, I know you set the man on at least a couple. Uh, no doubt. But uh, there was no nothing that I went. Oh, that's that's dumb like that's or that's crazy yeah
0: uh, i did not have a lot of like whoa where'd that come from pics it was picks yeah i'm like i know i get that there, get
1: there that. was there was one that kind of made me went holy crap and it was the one you did we'll talk about it here in a little bit but it makes sense uh yeah it makes sense and we we kind of talked about it already uh you know kind of at you know right after it happened um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a really tough group though, because I mean, every time I had someone queued up, like you know, five or six picks away, so you know, Dave Potts would crush me, or Mike yeah. would
0: crush me. Like, Y'all's yeah. end was getting me, and it's hard to call a snipe on the other end of the table, so I totally get that. But then Govier- oh, there was a
1: snipe on the other end of the table that I'm still pissed about, my friend. <laughs> I don't know what
0: you're talking about. Yeah, uh, but Govier was hitting me hard in those odd number rounds where he picked before mm-hmm. me, like just jamming me up the pick before, but. He could have jammed me up on the one pick that I thought for sure he was going to do. He didn't. So it's all good. I take all the other snipes to avo- to have avoided the other one that I will get to when we go- cover my team. But let's start with your team. Let's get a mm-hmm. team overview here. First, um, catchers. Wilson, Wilson Contreras and Jorge Alfaro p- playing off that big spring there. Hopefully Alfaro gets some outfield action for you. I know that's of interest for you. Here's the way I have it, and if you have corrections, um, let me know. Mm-hmm. But I think I got your team pretty pretty well mapped out here. Uh, your corners, Bell at first, Josh Bell at first, Jose Ramirez at third, Frank Schwindel at corner. Your middles, Jose Altuve at second, Francisco Lindor at short, Cesar Hernandez in the middle. Your outfielders: Brian Reynolds, Alex Verdugo, Andrew Benintendi, uh, Robbie Grossman and Brandon Marsh. And then your utility, Nelson Cruz pitching your starters, Nola, uh, Joe Musgrove, Patrick Sandoval, Anthony Descofani, Luis Patino, Jack Flaherty on a gamble, Steven Mads. And then your closers, Josh Hader and Chris Stratton. Yep. And then your reserves will include Paul DeYoung, Patrick Wisdom, Bradley Zimmer, of course, Robert Suarez, who could end up being your third closer, Kyle Finnegan, who could also be end, end up being your third closer, Madison Bumgarner, and Lance McCullers Jr. So, let's talk about the the overview here of of the team when you when you finished it up your last thirty your thirtieth pick there. What was the general feeling about how you did before we get into strengths, weaknesses, and, and sort of uh, favorite picks?
1: Yeah, I mean, the general feeling was I was. Pretty uh, pretty happy with it. Um, uh, I only had one real mistake uh, that we'll talk about when we talk about my weaknesses, um, and I, I knew that from kind of like the moment I did it, uh, I, I had made a mistake. Um, but other than that, like I, I feel like I put together a really competitive team. Uh, I kind of did everything I had set out to do, which was make sure I stayed balanced and didn't want to make picks that you know you know brutalized my batting average um i wanted to make sure i got guys who could you know could contribute in four to five categories uh, offensively mm-hmm. i got my top tier closer i was shocked when um both eater and hendrix made it to me because that is yeah you know we saw in a in a main on thursday uh dave chauvin um do the pocket closers you know Double and he, happened. he went he went the age, age boy, i think and and took hendrix at 13 and then Wrapped around and took hater. So, um, you know, I was really surprised to be sitting at twenty eight, and both of them still be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty stoked with my draft. You know, uh, shout out to it's, it's a good team. Shout out to Tanner Bell, um, who was actually in our draft with Jeff Zimmerman, um, because he uh, he does uh, draft software. Uh, on excel sheets um for like extremely cheap like yes well worth the money um, very affordable and uh i purchased this year used it during both my auction and my main event um and i really felt like it helped me you know i still use my own ranks and stuff in terms of my valuations but it helped me just stay as balanced as i could uh and i think it really really helped out so big shout
0: out to to my boy tanner that's excellent. Yeah, meeting Tanner was awesome too. He and Jeff uh, are a really strong team, and mm-hmm. having both their minds together doesn't really seem fair. But hey, you can do. Yeah, shows. they
1: were they were annoying. They they, yeah, were, they were taking players from. And Sam Dustin Comas. I was uh, gonna. Though, I was about um, to say that because they um, were
0: seven eight. Dustin seven, and then and then uh, Tanner and Jeff. They were killing me. Yeah. The two of them. Yeah. Like seemingly in cahoots, being like, let's take these two guys that Paul really likes. Okay. And then we'll take two more on the way back. So we'll we'll crush four of his top guys off his board mm-hmm. and F that guy. Unbelievable, man. They they got me with a good one in the 19th. And man, I know we've talked about this before, but snipes in the 19th hurt way more than anything in like the third or fourth could have ever. Been. Yeah. It's absolutely. like and I know the I know why. It's because you know you're still gonna get a star in that third or fourth so you're like okay i'll just go on to the next star but in that 19 you're you're setting on your guy that's like your sleeper type and that's why those are so much more painful uh but let's get into your strengths well what, what were some of your biggest strengths versus in, in terms of both categories and you know players that you like or, or positions what what do you think were your biggest strengths
1: um i mean i think my team has a lot of strengths to be honest like i you know don't want to like sound like like, oh, I've got the best team, but Fantasy Pro says it's the best team, baby. No, um, have fun with that. It's like the kiss of death. Um, you know, like, shockingly enough for me, batting average is a, is a real big team strength of mine. I really prioritized it because um, I have the tendency to not do that, uh, to kind of devaluate, uh, devalue it uh, a little bit. And um, so I made made a point of attacking that. It actually, you know, hit me or kicked me in the butt a little bit. Uh, at one point, to made a mistake is instead of uh going for a guy that I actually really really needed taking another guy to keep keep boosting that up. But uh, batting average is a big one for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, stolen bases, you know, I think everybody's always like talking about hey, stolen bases are hard to get, you know, you need to attack stolen bases early. Mm-hmm. I attacked stolen bases early and then I kept hammering them. Um, I think this is you know part of uh you know the fallacy of oh i can maybe get i can get these later just because you know someone like me takes Jose ramirez in the first round doesn't mean i'm not gonna continue to take the the ben attendees and the grossman's the world like it did um and so i have a ton of stolen bases i think it to be totally fine there uh the one question is do i have enough power or can i get more power in season i think i can that's my only weakness
0: Okay. Power was obviously the big weakness, mm-hmm. um, and and we, we highlighted a major turning point there because you drafted the same player twice in a row. I was surprised they let you do that. You literally drafted yeah. the same player twice in a row, mm-hmm. and, and there was no consternation about that. We all just let it go. Uh, Brady Tinker was cool with it when you drafted Alex Verdugo and Andrew Benintendi, that's the same player twice in a row. How'd they let you <laughs> get away with that? I love both. And I texted you. I said, you know, I'm a huge Benny guy. But if I was going to change your draft in any one way, with just one pick, I'd have taken on Durenfro who went three picks later instead of Benny. And I think it, again, I love your team. I really do. It's a strong crew. This is the kind of team I could have put together. You got a lot of guys that I've totally agreed with on, you know, Lindor, Musgrove, Reynolds. I, I go through a bunch of them, a ton of guys, Benny and Verdugo. But both was a little bit too much. Your average is is going to be, thank you for it, but your power, you, can, mm-hmm. you would have gotten about maybe 20 more homers switching from Benny to, to Renfro. Yeah, or, or Verdugo to Renfro. Um, exactly. Yeah. Either yeah, or because you went you went for Benny real close there. You could have easily was, put Renfro in either of those spots.
1: It was one of those things where I, um, you know, I've got Renfro, I think, above both of them in my ranks. Um, and so he was just kind of staring me in the face. And in my head, I did the mental math of where, you know, kind of his ADP had been previously um, in like draft champions. I go, I'm pretty sure I can get him the next round. Um,
0: I, I was taking him. I was going yeah. to go avoid Renfro, to be honest, and get 60 homers.
1: It, it didn't get to you. Um, no, it didn't I even get no very chance. far from me. Yep. So I clearly messed up there because, I mean, my team was begging for a big bat. Um, and what it ended up making me do was um really kind of forcing some big bats later now i like the bats i forced right like i, I got patrick wisdom and paul DeYoung in the reserves
0: Way um, cheap. yeah
1: you know set the max on both of those guys um so that's awesome that's fantastic but uh i i could have you know still you know gotten DeYoung young and then gone for you know like you took chiro Ursh- urshela um
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Kevin Smith went, uh, you know, in the reserve rounds and stuff like that. So, uh,
0: The aforementioned Wilmer
1: was available, yeah. you know, was available mm-hmm. very late. So, like, I could have gone a lot of different directions um, had I not uh, made that mistake. So, it just, you know, even in what I think is a really, really good draft, you know, that was kind of the one big mistake I made. Uh, that was really easily fixed had I just uh, followed my gut or, you know, followed, followed my ranks instead yeah. of following well, your guy, you know, thought of, this is, you know, where ADP gets you in trouble is, um, you know, I, I played the ADP game and I lost, uh, you know, I, I think I'll be fine. If there's one thing yeah. you get in season, it's power. Um, you know, my y- team still you can make that up. Yeah. My team still grades out really, really well uh based on, you know, the projective systems I've run it through. So, uh like, I don't think I'm in any trouble because of it, uh, but no. it's definitely,
0: you know. Well, I mean, I got three 30 homer guys in bets, Schwarber, and Hanniger, and I only project for four more than you. I feel good about my power, and yeah. we're saying that's a weakness for you. You're not – you're just not that far off. No. But with Red but Fro, if I if mean,
1: switch those two out, yeah, like, all of a sudden
0: I go from – over homer 300 homers. From, you know,
1: Verland or from Verlander from, uh, <laughs> from Verdugo. Uh, and yeah, now, now I'm looking at a team that really is going to compete, uh, really, really well. So, uh,
0: it's yeah, hell, it's I mean,
1: it, it, it's a strong squad. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah. He did, I, he did a lot of, like, of, I think, uh, govier right. posted the projections from, uh, his Roto lab software, mm-hmm. uh, and had me in third place. Like it's a Fantasy pros had me as the top overall team. Um, Uh, We'll talk about where the bad X has uh, both of our offenses, um, you know, but like my projections had me in, you know, obviously in first place, I'm using my projections, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I did pretty well.
0: Um, Yeah, I think so too. Um, What was your favorite pick?
1: Oh, my favorite pick was um, possibly Brian Reynolds. Uh, You know, I got Brian Reynolds in the seventh round. Um, and I had not really gotten him much this
0: year. Um, well, Brian Reynolds did. And that's probably another thing though, too, because he's another Verdugo Benintendi type. Mm-hmm. So it's like three guys like that. But again, your average is going to thank you for that. And if one of them like hits another level of power and kind of closes that gap that maybe Renfro would have had while keeping their batting average, you might end up being better off for it in the end, to be honest. But I yeah. loved the Brian Reynolds pick.
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, I think this is weird because he's a guy that, you know, helped win people leagues last year, and when the main events came around, he started to slip. Um, you know, he doesn't have speed. Uh, he's not a starter, obviously, or a reliever. So uh, I can kind of get it, but at the same time, like, I just felt it was, like, a really, really good value. Uh, Robbie Grossman, I said the max on him. Anytime you can get a twenty-twenty player in the 15th round, like, okay. max, yeah. You know, I didn't even need him at that point, but I just I just saw it and I was like, um, this is way too good of a value on my you know on my valuations to mm-hmm. not just, you know, pop him as like I think my fourth outfielder. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I, I wish I'd gotten more multi positional eligible guys. That's one thing I didn't get. you got a deal on Cronenworth that I kinda I wish did. I had taken. Yeah, um, when he fell, I was like, Oh
0: word, I love I love Cronenworth. Even our buddy Scott Jenstad got a huge deal on LeMayu. Yes, he did in the thirteenth round, and I think he even said on their pod, "Like, I'm not even like crazy about him in the thirteenth round. Are you kidding me?" And I'm like, had he yeah. made it
1: back around to me, I probably would have. I probably would have gotten that. Um, though, I mean, at that point, I still should have. I still should have taken Renfro.
0: True, true. Um, that would have been another. It would. It, it, it would have been, been the same exact Le Le problem. U. Yeah. yeah. But the average would have thanked you. Uh so yeah, mm-hmm. good good team there. Uh biggest target you missed, guy that you're like, This is my dude, I gotta get him, and you missed him.
1: I didn't really have one. Um oh, that's good. I didn't I didn't come into either this draft or my uh my online or my uh, live auction there um with a guy that like I had to walk out with. Like there was no um you know, like I I assumed I was getting J Ram. Um mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, but there was no guy that like I completely missed out on. There were definitely some snipes. Um,
0: yeah, let's hear about your your biggest snipe. Got to be within two picks, of you one way or the other. Uh,
1: so I mean, this may end up turning out great for me, right? But I really wanted Framber Valdez in the tenth. Um, I have Framber, you know, much higher than a lot of people in the industry. I like who you got um, instead, though. But I like yeah. Framber as well. But he was, like, the last of the, uh, for me, last of my top 30 pitchers. Um, okay. You know, he kind of fell to the 10th round, and I was, like, um, and, I mean, the guy sitting next to me, uh, Herb, um, he just, uh, he crushed me a few times. Like, uh, it just, you know, and I didn't know well enough to, like, yell at him, like, I was yelling at you <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so
0: but yeah uh you
1: nice older him, he gentleman
0: will, he will smiths you like sh- keep my name out yeah your mouth. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh you know uh
1: yeah I really want to Valdez, but um and I really needed a third pitcher at that point because or third starter because I taken Nola Musgrove in the three four mm-hmm. and like and then I just I just hammered hitting um because I would taken three pitchers in my first four picks um and i got to the 10th round and i was kind of looking around like oh everybody's got like three or four uh starters i'm still running with two here
0: um so I, like, I, needed- I got my second in the 10th dude i waited on starters oh
1: that's right um yeah but your team's trash uh i'm just kidding um and so like i was like oh man who do i take here i was really between um you know uh patrick sandoval Um and I was also looking, I think, at uh Jordan Montgomery. And then I remembered. I remembered a podcast with Scott Jenstad and Jeff Erickson and how Scott said, like, if he's around pick one fifty, I'm
0: gonna take Patrick Sanduel. Yeah, Patrick Sandy. So you knew you couldn't give him two more shots at him.
1: And I was all like, You know what? Um I'm yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just like kind of stick it to Scott a little bit and be like, make sure I get him. Uh, Scott, Scott gave me a look. I think he said something to me too. Um and I said, this is what you get for doing your
0: research, baby. Listen to other people's podcasts. That's right. Making sure I snipe Scott. Not, on not to give Zimbal them not to give them two the... chances at somebody that they're going to take there. There you uh, go. Because so, he, yeah. he had picked 150. He was he was a, he was mm-hmm. the number one spot there. So he, he picks 150. Um, and he probably he went Severino Bednar. He went two pitchers there. He probably would have taken Sandoval over Severino. Oh, he
1: definitely would have. He he turned and he did say he was going to take him right there. Of so uh, yeah,
0: because I, I would take Sandoval over Severino by a, a yeah.
1: Lot. So, Sebby has uh,
0: great upside, but I like Sandy a lot. Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, right,
0: so, who else? Where else were you sniped? Um, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of. Uh, guys I was sniped like right Jen Jensen Dalton me. get you at all when you were trying to wait for something to get back on the turn and 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 you made that mistake on an uh, odd number round perhaps um
1: yeah so like in round 9 you know Jen said it got me with Sunny Gray um like it felt like that was a really that would have been your third pick. starter then to uh-huh. go with Nolan Musgrove um and I should and, you know it was one of those things where I probably could have predicted he was going to take a starter there, and maybe I should have taken Sonny Gray in the eighth and then try to take Wilson Cotteras in the ninth. Um, the hard part was Dalton had already taken like 45 pitchers for the first nine rounds. Exactly. Um, and Literally so, finished. yeah. So, um, you know, I felt like, okay, well, at least Dalton's not, Dalton's, Dalton's got to take a hitter at some point. Um, so, of course, he did take a pitcher. He's too, still took, in that the pitcher, he took took, took, yeah, took Duvall. So, um, it was interesting drafting next to a guy who's so extreme. And I mean, I, I've drafted against Dalton before, and I you know I've drafted against, uh, you know, uh, Toby, uh, basketball crazy, a bunch of times mm-hmm. too. So like, I've got a little bit of experience with it, but it's it's interesting to watch like him put
0: together that kind of roster.
1: Yep, um, it's
0: impressive. Like, I, I really know. like what he did with his offense though, because mm-hmm. he he opened Cole Hendricks, Mondesi, and then Chapman, Cease, Morton. He went yelly belly. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'll I'll buy both buybacks," and like that's the thing too, right? Mondesi Yelich, Chat uh, Bellinger to start your offense when you're taking that much pitching, you're trying to spike some of the high end volatility mm-hmm. there, right? It was Even really though, interesting
1: like- being next to both of them, both uh you know uh, Scott Jensen and Dalton uh, Del Don because like Scott really hammered offense, yes, and Dalton really hammered pitching, um, and so like. Like I don't know how many teams are going to be able to compete with Scott's offense. Um, I think I can, but I think he's probably got the best offense in the league, and I think Dalton's probably got the best pitching in the league. Um, and so like, I have to be like second to both of
0: them uh, in order to really win. But if you are, win. that's still, still going to go um, really well. That's the hope. Yeah, Jenstead's offense started Turner, Teoscar, Alvarez, Judge, Seeger, Hoskins. Nasty. Mm-mm. And his top two pitchers are the – are the Rogers's, is is Trevor yeah. and Taylor?
1: he really missed it. an opportunity to take Tyler
0: Rodgers. He really just, should have played And
1: and yeah, come on, just yeah.
0: I mean, he and Taylor are brothers at least. Trevor's not related to them, but you got to go triple T. Raj there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's a missed opportunity. That's a good call there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's take a look at my squad here. And we're still good on time. We can run through it. So uh, my offense: Yasmani Grandal, Austin Nola at catcher. My corners, Luke Voigt, Jamer Candelario, Nathaniel Lowe. My middles, Jake Cronenworth at second, Bobby Witt Jr. at short, Haseon Kim at middle. My outfielders: Mookie Betts, Kyle Schwarber, Mitch Haniger, Akil Badu, Harrison Bader, and then my utility is Max Kepler. My pitching is Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff, Michael Kopech, Ian Anderson, Tristan McKenzie, Casey Mize, Reed Detmers, Carlos Hernandez, and my closers are Ryan Presley, Giovanni Gallegos, and then my – reserves are Jake Fraley, Kyle Gibson, Gio Urshela, Paven Smith, Jake Oderizi, Gavin Sheets, and Domingo Acevedo. Give me let's
1: let's, uh let's start real quick with what you did. Um because I said like there was one like holy shit pick. Um and I think you said which
0: one you're talking about.
1: Yeah I think you know in the fourth round you took Bobby Witt Jr.
0: Sure did. Um
1: and I think the entire room went, oh, okay. Um, but you also had the 15th pick. So, like, you knew you had 30 picks. It's my last shot at him. Yeah, and, and he wasn't going to be there uh, for you in uh, in the fifth, sixth turn. So, like, I don't actually have a problem with it. But talk about why you were so aggressive on Bobby Junior.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I set them in there. and Like, one of the things that people talk about – being at the 15 slot is you need to be aggressive. And if you're not comfortable being aggressive and really kind of throwing out ADP and just getting the guys, when you feel like they're the right pick, then really try to avoid getting one of the one of the turns mm-hmm. because you're, you're gonna be in an uncomfortable position all the time. And I've, I've talked wow. to experienced drafters, people who I think are way better than me, um, that that <laughs> they can't do it from the edge. They don't like it. That's not their comfort zone at all. Um, it's something that I do feel comfortable with and I, I seek it out. Everyone asks, you know, Oh, you got 15. Did you want that? I said, yeah, I went like one to six, then nine, then 15 down because I like to do that. I like to have my two picks and really kind of push things. Sometimes you can wind up on the butt end of, of a run where you're like, well, I got the scraps here, but mm-hmm. uh, most of the time I didn't, I, I didn't have to worry about that. I was either trying to start, not, not necessarily trying to start a run, but I'm going to put, pick my guys here that if you guys clear out a steals uh pocket that's fine i got i got my akil badu here you know i i want to push y'all to start getting some steals saves i didn't get myself in any sort of uh bad situation there honestly the only place where i really kind of let things go a little bit was the starting pitching and that's because it's a strength that i feel like i can find the mid and late tier guys to hopefully pop and and play above projections. Like I'm not this team's not going to project well because I got, you know, Kopech, Tristan McKenzie, Reed Detmers mm-hmm. and Carlos Hernandez. Those guys are all babies. Their projections are going to be shit. So that's okay, fine. Like I, I don't expect rookie or or near rookie players to have big projections. But with Wit, I knew that was the last chance. He's just so dynamic. Um I think there's a strong shot that he breaks camp. I think anyway, there's a yeah. Yeah, the way we're talking about the young players now that have a shot to break camp doesn't really have a case to go back down the way like I think Riley Green does, I think actually O'Neal Cruz does too. He spent a week in AAA. Like I think there's guys with with cases to go down that aren't just service time manipulation. What what is the case for Witt? He dominated at double and high uh, double and AAA last year. He's playing well in spring, which is not the end all be all, but you're going to say it's like a meritocracy, so he's continuing to play well everywhere he can. I think it starts. Fourth round was my last shot, and I was happy to take it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I was definitely like, oh, no, Paul, why did you do that initially? Like, that was the first thought that goes around. But then when I think about it, you know, when I thought about it at the draft table, I was like, yeah, no, that, you know, that was the last shot. If he wanted him on his team, then he was going to have to take him there. It's just jarring to see him go. Yeah, in it was in front of other shortstops, like including Lindor, the one you got, got and fifth. you know yeah. I
0: love him, and it was it was a battle between those two. And I was thinking, like, I could just go Lindor here and, and be perfectly happy with that. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna push, I'm gonna push the higher upside pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, in with bigger downside for sure. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. He could be this year's Kelnick, where we think he's all ready and he's not willing to take that gamble though on a team that runs. He can run. He has the power. Wit has it all, and so I went for it. And if 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 we were in a different landscape, if we were in the normal landscape where guys just we we expect them to always go down for the minors, I don't take him there. But the fact that I think he can break camp and give me those extra three weeks that we normally forego with prospects that was a game changer too.
1: Yeah, um, I love your six, seven, eight, nine picks. You went Schwabert, Grandal, Haniger, Badoo. Like that is so money. Um, was I was so hoping there, to sure. get Schwarber on the way back or get Grant uh Grandal. Um like, yeah, I mean that was and, you know, and I mean the love Mitch Haniger, love badoo, like that had to feel so good to just crush those four rounds.
0: It really did. And like when I took wit, I, I figured, I, I can't say I knew for sure, but I figured pretty strongly that I was foregoing a chance at Nicholas Castellanos, who I would have wanted, you know, either at, the, at that pick or ideally if he could have fallen to the fifth. I again I didn't expect it at that point. What I decided was that I was gonna commit to pushing up his teammate, Kyle Schwarber, because I I, I see them very similarly, mm-hmm. um, you know, both going into another great park that they're gonna they're gonna bash together. I can't wait. So I pushed Schwarber up, 76 was his men. I feel perfectly fine with that. I actually didn't I didn't realize it was his min at the time. Um, mm. So I, you know, I don't I don't pick I don't do min picks to like for fun or, or for any sort of flash. That's just where I was comfortable with Schwarber. And again, I'm not getting him coming back. I think it's very unlikely that he makes it back. That's the time to get Schwarber. I think he can hit 40 homers. I took him there. Grandall, you know, I would have taken Varsho. Mike Dugan got me there in the seventh, about three picks before me. But happy happy to take grandal as the quote-unquote consolation prize there i wanted a premium catcher i was going to go varsher or grandal and then hanniger um i think he's underrated i really do i I think people are kind of not really looking at what he did last year i actually set them in on him too again didn't realize Mm -hmm. that but i think he's underrated that's he was he was next in my outfield and i wanted to not i didn't want to fall behind in power I have a tendency. The reason I was able to identify your Benintendi thing for Nugo combo so easy is because those are the kind of guys I take all the time, and I stock my mm-hmm. entire team, and I wind up being light on power. You're not even that light. It's your weakness relative to your team, but you're not mm-hmm. actually light on power. I, think, just we,
1: I think we both kind of did the like what the other one usually does, because I usually exactly. am the guy who loads up on power guys, and then I look yep. at the end I go, oh, no, my team's got, like, a 252 batting average. Yep. Like, this is a 249. Or, or yeah, we, we um, did yeah. kind of
0: roll reverse there, um, But I wanted to make sure I ha- I got that power. And I have some guys that I think can pop the batting average up a bit. But the projections are coming in light, and I'm kind of betting on 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 the come up for them. Like, Badu has a 234. I don't see him as a 234 guy, especially if he does platoon. I know that's the biggest pushback that I get with my Badu pick is, what if he platoons? Well, what if he doesn't? I don't care. First off, there's three lefties projected to start in the AL Central. None of them are good. Either Keichel, uh, Chris Boobich, and Louis Thorpe are the three guys projected. And you look at the division, because that's where they play most of the games. There's other guys across the league. I get that. But if anything, that will protect his batting average if they, if they do platoon him. He's going to be a full-time starter against righties, of course. He can do enough power speed damage there that I'm totally fine with that. So I'm all good with Badu, even if he platoons. I think that's... It's kind of built into the price. I got enough, enough power. I got enough speed. The average is a little light. I need some guys to overachieve. Uh, but my biggest weakness is, of course, the starting pitching, which I'm sure you noticed. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think your yeah, biggest issues are starting pitching and then your batting average. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, this is one of the reasons why I like kind of devaluating ba- or de- uh, batting average is because there is variance in it, right? And you could have these guys who instead of popping 250s, pop 270s, and all of a sudden your your batting
0: average looks a lot better. So um, Yeah, I'm looking at like uh, like some of my power guys I think can hit better than their 240-something. That they gave Voit, Schwarber, and Hanager all, all 244 averages. I think mm-hmm. one of them could can, can definitely hit higher than that. Kim at 232, obviously if he's playing that poorly, I'm probably not starting him at that point. Like if, if mm-hmm. I'm expecting a big come-up for him. He's a break kind of the projections aren't going to capture, and I get that. But I think that there's an upside there. Even the 288 for bets, I get that as a projection, but he can hit 300 easily. Mm-hmm. I've talked about Badu. I think Bader's a, a breakout type. If he holds those strikeout gains, he can be more in the 260s. So my average, the variance within the team can cover my deficit. But it is a deficit, I will be paying close attention to it, and I'll be looking for some guys who can add to it during the season for sure.
1: Uh- Check your 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 mic or something. Something's going okay, on. You're going getting on. really really choppy. So Real choppy. Oh, that's better. Better. Yeah, that's better. Here we go. Good. Good. So good. Polo- okay. Apologize. Apologize. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Anybody. Sorry, if
0: it came through. He, he mentioned it to me there, and I was kind of looking at it like I am not seeing any sort of indication why it's crappy, but I, see, I sound see sound that.
1: great now. But um, okay. yeah. No, I any I other- really like your team. Um, like I think your weaknesses are definitely things you can overcome. You're gonna have to, you know, hit on the pitching because, yeah, I mean, you you did sure. wait a long time for that for that, you know, two and that's, three. that's how you get
0: that's how you get that four pack of hitters that you were talking about though that comes at the expense of getting my second and or third starter. But mm-hmm. I wanted to build a premium offense and work on the pitching and try to yep. get some breakouts. I need one of Kopech, Anderson, or McKenzie to be a big breakout. They don't all have to hit, but one of them has to really jump and you the like top big 30, discount 30 on. You got a big discount on Ian Anderson. Like,
1: that was... Yeah, um, I did. I was really surprised he lasted that long.
0: Yeah, I... um, he, His ADP... I mean, he went a min of 103, and his ADP was 148, and I got him at 166. And I felt good about that. Was, because was that his pitching. No, not quite. There was a 201. Give me that, league. Wow. Why is Ian Anderson okay. going 201?
1: Like, I'm not a big Ian Anderson guy, but... um at that price though. And yeah, I don't
0: like my 103. hmm yeah. So um who was uh how'd who, you feel about well I, quick question before you get me yeah. give me some how'd you feel about my 25th round pick?
1: Oh oh that's right yeah um yeah you you you're the snipe you're a big of the
0: century dude
1: um so in the twenty fifth round uh I took uh, Kyle Finnegan, I really yeah. needed, you know, like I had lo- I had taken Hater in the second round. I felt really good about that, uh, but then I just did not pick up another save guy, which is not what I usually try to do. I usually try to get another guy.
0: But then you before. got the Stratton news. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that yet. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That was incidental. So
1: I was like, I was just throwing darts at um, at potential save guys. You know, Tanner Rainey is a little bit behind. Uh, I kind of liked Finnegan coming into draft season. Had a you know, he is my most rostered player um this year because of all my early DC shares. Um and so I was like, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'll take another shot on uh Tanner Rainey or sorry, on Kyle Finnegan with the idea that there's no way, there is no way anybody is going to take Kyle Gibson at this point. Um He didn't know who had two picks. Yeah, this was this the look you gave me before you did it um was pure like evil <laughs> uh yeah i mean um and
0: oh, i took your own guy against you and based on the tip that that i believe you gave on the show yeah his opening his schedule, early that, season early season schedule awesome. being
1: amazing because people mm-hmm. are like what like like why are you drafting because i i got kyle gibson with a dollar in my
0: auction Open um, Miami, baby.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I was pretty pissed.
0: Um It was that the one snipe hurt. of the century. Um, it, especially because it, so it wasn't
1: the only one, you know. Uh, I've been, you know, a, a vocal proponent of Carlos uh, Hernandez, who mm-hmm. you took in the 22nd. Um,
0: yeah, I...
1: Yeah, Again,
0: I, knowing full well that I cannot give you two more cracks at mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because he, yeah, you know? he
1: definitely would have gone... Um, at that point for me, so uh, you're a jerk. I hate you, um, and uh, I hope he does really, really well for you at the beginning of the season because I have him in a point You of have leagues. him everywhere, so you can't yeah. even root against him. I that's know the that's the part. worst. The worst part is when you when you snipe me in a bunch of guys of guys of mine that I can't root against. Nope, uh, you do will hurt you too because maybe let yeah, go. crush me. Yeah, so oh man, it was great
0: though. I had such a great time in that draft and and just kind of the banter and that's going to occur during the season, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's work to do, you know. Uh, projections definitely love your team and, and like it more than mine. Looking at the the bat x here, you have a 998 to 982 runs advantage. I do have a four homer advantage, 296 to 292. Um, you have a 966 to 928 RBI advantage, 105 to 92 steals, and 263 to 249 average. That's not terribly surprising. And then uh, you get four of the pitching categories versus me getting saves 75 to 70 wins 409 to 424 year. 45 to 56 saves i got the 56 127 whip to my 128 1199 strikeouts to 1131 on honestly i think our pitching is a lot closer than these projections uh whatever suggests because you got like veteran guys that are going to have better projections i got guys where i'm betting on the come and i totally get that the projections just aren't going to be there for depth uh, Carlos Hernandez or even Kopech, like they're not bad, but they're not what I think he can do. I don't think he's a 4.15 ERA guy. If he is, like, he could be. That's not impossible. But I didn't draft Detmers, Hernandez, Mackenzie, and Kopech, thinking that they would just be this low to mid fours type of guy. But that's where the projections are at, and that's fine. So I'm not worried. I don't. I like to look at that stuff, but I, I never care whether I'm in first or last. Like I think Dave Potts is second to last on me. Um, on the fan tra- on the uh, fantasy pros thing which i'm like that's all i need to know to know that yeah a ton of value in them because and and hall of fame yeah. no he's not um so they're fun to look at all- and i'm not here to shit on fantasy pros or any projection system they're fun to look at but we know that they're only a snapshot of your team your team's going to change over the course of the year
1: yeah but i mean this is this is such a tough league that i would not be surprised if anybody won it um you know uh yeah
0: absolutely
1: it just really wasn't anybody getting super out of line um you know obviously there's gonna mm-hmm. be picks and strategies you disagree with um but uh no one was, was really was doing an anything super crazy um who was a snipe of yours within two picks that like really got you
0: man there were there were a couple, and I gotta be honest. I mean it started right away, Govier taking Albies, but that one's I'm not gonna go crazy on that one because Mookie Betts um is, uh, is a that perfectly... was
1: super funny, super, super funny, by the way. Because everybody kept going like before we started our draft, you know, for days in advance. We're like, oh, this is gonna be the league. This is gonna be the league where people yeah. are going crazy and it's a lot of personalities um yep. you know uh you know there were like, seven or eight guys in the industry in this league um you know obviously you and i you know you know yelled at each other already so <laughs> and you added Govier. um so like people knew that there were going to be fireworks and it did not disappoint you get sniped in the first round you had told me you wanted to start woodruff
0: albies and i said i don't think both of them are going to be there for I know. you and i was like I, um, I, you're probably right but then it starts happening and i'm like yes 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 yes. it's yes. right in front
1: of you and and Govier takes albies and you just lose
0: it it was awesome I was like, son of a... I couldn't believe it. Sniped immediately. And I was like, the one... Because I thought Woodruff would be the one who wouldn't make it. Yeah. I really did. Mm-hmm. I was like, the, pu- the starter's going to get pushed up. I'm going to get my Albies. But again, I'm perfectly happy with bets. Everyone knows I'm a big bets guy. Anyway, so that's cool. Um, I'm going to give one that is that is within the two-pick range, but then I'm going to give one that's a little bit further away, but it was a mega snipe. Um, I, I want to say Chapman because it kind of is, and I would have considered Badu Chapman, but... I thought Gauvier was going to take Badu when he took Chapman. So I was actually kind mm-hmm. of happy to see Chapman. He did get me with the with the Tyler Stevenson one. That's the official one that I'm going to say really stung. That was in the mid rounds that Gauvier twisted the knife. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go Cronenworth-Stevenson. It might have ended up benefiting me, though, because I got Ian Anderson there. I you needed the pitching. pitching there. It was probably yeah. for the better, to be honest. It might have protected me from myself. But the big one, this one was one, two, three, four, five, six, six picks away. But I could not believe it. This is one where you like you psych yourself into taking somebody and you're like, there's no way that he's going to get taken. I'm jumping him up. So I'm, you know, I, I'm good here. I'm good. I can I can calm down on this one. He's going to make it. And we're and we're getting into the draft. And I'm, I'm actually looking up to his uh, ADP real quick here just to see if I was right to think that I, I should be able to get him. Yeah, because they mend him. And I'm like, you know what? It's time to take Nestor Cortez in the fifteenth. You got to do mm-hmm. this. This is uh, this is the pick. Go with one of Bader or Low, uh, Nathaniel Lowe or Harrison. In the nineteenth. And nineteenth, uh, excuse me, nineteenth, not fifteenth. In the nineteenth, so that'd be Kim and Detmers were there, and I would have you would have him in the fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, it was it was nineteenth. <laughs> uh, Kim and Cortez was were the combo. Again, I got Detmers It's backup, but I could not believe that. Uh, Tanner Bell and Jeff Zimmerman took Cortez there. I thought 1000% that he would make it because they set him in on him and they set a pretty juicy min on him at 278. I don't even think it's bad at all. I think Cortez is super underrated. I should have known, you know, there's sharks everywhere, but I should have known that they were going to be like, uh, you know, that one of the smartest combos that you can get with Tanner Bell and Jeff Zimmerman were going to be on that ready mm-hmm. to take him. They set him in at 278 on Cortez and I was like, Son of, I mean, it's a great pick. I really, really loved it. So that one, that one stung. That was probably the biggest snipe. It wasn't quite within two picks, but that one hit me hard because I had put myself in the mental mindset that now is the time to take him. And I love Detmers, who I ended up taking, but he's much more of a wild card than Cortez. He's in a six-man rotation. He's a rookie. I mean, Cortez put something on paper last year. He's legit. He is the fifth starter. That one hurt. So screw you, Tanner and Jeff. You jerks. <laughs> yeah, they I mean they were slaping everybody. Yeah, I not mean, um, were killers.
1: Did you have any, any big draft targets you missed out on? Like anybody you really not I mean, really. I, I there were guys
0: it. I missed, but I got so many of my guys mm-hmm. that like it's it'd be really hard to come away. Cause you, you, you never get everybody, right? You just you cannot get everybody. If there was one, maybe class A, but again at that early area, you can't pin your hopes on anybody. So it might've been, if I have to pick one, it might've been the guy you got in Patrick Sandoval. I'm very big on the Sandoval train. I jumped on when Nick put it, put everybody on that train years ago. I've been on since, you know, we got Sandy in the back there. The The pink flamingo is named Sandy both mm-hmm. Alcantara and Patrick Sandoval. So I, I, I really did want Sandoval. So I loved that pick from you. Um, And frankly, I, I would have had to forego Bondu, and I just wasn't willing to do that to go sandoval mm-hmm. kopek like when i took kopek i was like i might not get sandoval now he might not make it back and he didn't and i understood but that was probably the biggest guy that i said fly free little birdie i'll i'll reconvene with you down the road and uh and you ended up taking him at least he landed on somebody i like that uh, their team although that would have been anybody's team in here because this is such a front yeah it was such, a, there's such a that's like there's no value. At least not mm-hmm. yet. Wait, we, we'll we'll see how the season goes. If someone yeah, starts yeah. running away with it, then okay. they'll be the villain we're all chasing. I'm
1: sure I'm going to be the villain. We'll see that. I um, want to be the, I be the villain. Yeah, I I want to be the guy everybody's chasing. Well, I was um, just saying, yeah,
0: if, so. if if villain is just the guy that everyone's chasing, I'll be the villain too. I would love to be. Yeah, the exactly. I think it's going to be a very um, fun league. We're we're planning to have everybody on during the season, but we're going to start that like late April. Uh, once there's numbers on the board because i don't want to just do draft review for mm-hmm. everybody i want to talk through like how's the early season going what's going on so we'll do it that way um yeah yeah i've already talked to a bunch of the folks and they're down to come on
1: yeah yeah definitely uh i was actually I was talking to dustin McComas last night i was gonna have him on friends fancy benefits last night but uh he wasn't feeling well so uh we thought uh or we we thought ah we'll, we'll reschedule that but definitely want to talk to all those uh guys in those drafts uh because it was it was a lot of fun um
0: yeah we i can live we, up to every ounce of the hype yeah,
1: yeah i had a blast you know it was really really um you know i think the one mistake i made from the weekend uh is was not going to the mike the mouth party um awesome. yeah yeah because I, I, I danielle awesome. and i went out to to nobu which, uh, is, which is still just, awesome that you guys yeah. you had
0: the greatest oh. time
1: oh uh, if you like sushi man there's no better place in the world my than mouth ever.
0: was watering as you guys were describing and i was like oh uh, it okay,
1: was come on unreal unreal expensive but also unreal amazing um you know and uh, by the time we got baby. yeah by the time we got out of there it was like almost midnight and so like it was like um uh, they,
0: they did a draft at midnight
1: i know so, insanity um yeah,
0: like and they couldn't find one of the guys they couldn't find garner yeah. gill yeah, it was yeah. missing for a little bit. They, they finally <laughs> wrangled him up and got the draft going. But they, they I, woke was, him I was up long and gone yeah. by then. I mm-hmm. was long gone working on my draft board and everything. But it was great. We were there for about three hours talking, having a blast. I mean, I was screaming because it's so loud in there. So I feel like I was like losing my voice having to talk. Uh, but chopping it up, just talking next level, deep baseball with everyone. is just so great. Like, everyone you step to and want to talk with is going to be – Ready to just talk baseball, and it's yeah. such a fun feeling. And they just—you never know what topics you're going to get in on. You never know who's going to be nicknamed Stryker for the rest of their lives. Stryker Jensted is the man, the myth, the legend now. I met the War Dog, who I'd only heard about previously. I'm not a huge Survivor person, so I don't know—I didn't know who he was. What a cool guy, though. And Yeah, he's generally, awesome. Generally, you're going to run into somebody who calls himself War Dog, and you're going to—you're going to laugh and be like, "Give me a break." He pulls it off a thousand percent like without a hint of irony i freely called him War dog and he was such a nice guy what a really cool dude mm-hmm. and for the survivor geeks that were there he was so down to answer all their questions and like was not being like oh yeah i was this into it just re- i thought i thought that was really cool too cuz he's answered all these questions probably a billion times oh well, I'm how's sure, the yeah. food what was it like you know how much weight did you lose this and that and I'm not saying that to diss anybody, but everyone wants to know those things, right? Even I, as somebody who's only watched very little, I wanted to know a bunch of that stuff. So cool. So the War Dog was the man. Uh, follow I Am War Dog. I Am The War Dog or I Am War Dog on Twitter. Definitely follow him. And maybe I'll give mm-hmm. you a nickname. He hit that He hit that Striker Genstead on Nowhere. We were, at the, we were at the Mike the Mouth party, and we were talking about how Wardog's so cool, and I was like, yeah, I'm not cool enough for a nickname unless it's like stop sign or something because I'm built like that, <laughs> and we were just kind of looking around. He's like, yeah, you know, something like Striker for Genstead over there, and we were like, that's perfect. It's li- literally done and done, and striker with a Y, very key, very mm-hmm. key that it has the Y. Yeah. So the weekend was amazing. If you play the main event, it's something that you want to do, figure out how to get out there it, it is an expensive mm-hmm. trip i'm not going to pretend otherwise because you're paying for the main yeah. event your hotel your food all that it's it's something but- highly recommend that you pay up a little bit to stay in the middle
1: of the strip where you're near the bellagio oh so you're just going to um, cancel out the, the savings with uh ubers oh right? my god the amount of cab uh cabs i had to take and stuff because i i cheaped out of my hotel ended up spending probably three or four hundred dollars on cabs through the weekend um so that that that's a bummer <laughs> but, you
0: know it, listen and it's something that like i, I kind of started planning for early last year and i'll do it again this year basically mm-hmm. once the season ended the next three months like october november december my twitch money was just put aside it was vegas money and mm-hmm. it's like you know i want well, to I, I figure when i here,
1: win the main event overall out of this I will be able to afford it yeah
0: I'll, yeah be no problem so big big uh, things i'm to, hoping i'll get to go again Big thanks to Phil uh, Dussault as well because not first off, great person, awesome mm-hmm. meeting him, very nice guy. Uh, but also, he contributed some of his winnings to those parties to lower the oh, cost for nice. everybody else, which was really cool because the, you know, the Mike the Mouth party did have a, an entry fee, but it was because they had a nice spread, any drinks that you could mm-hmm. want, uh, non-alcoholic and alcoholic, um, and it was a hundred bucks normally it's a little bit more to get all that stuff but phil defrayed the cost for everybody with his winnings by putting in a bunch i think the same thing happened at um vlad where yeah um, where you didn't have to pay for that but it's partly because phil helped with that so just badass like there's so many badass people in this community and meeting them and putting faces to the names that you interact with in the nfbc and on twitter is just awesome so again if you are a main event player or you want to be I understand that it's a, a big financial outlay. I say, start saving now. Cause that's, I'm, mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm still going to be s- squirreling away. Cause I don't want, I don't want to not be able to go due to finances. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know if I'll amazing. be able to
1: go again because it's out, you know, it's just so hard to yeah, That's leave the that's, kids that's, for two weekends in a row. Exactly. Um, so, but, uh but I wasn't that... live this year. So it was kind of a, mm-hmm. one or the other. It, it made it easy. So I don't know that it'll happen again for me, but, uh, but it was a blast doing it. I hope I do get another opportunity to go again at some point, but we'll see.
0: Well, that'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening to this episode with our NFPC review. If you're playing in a main event, good luck. Send us your team. We'll take a look at it. I love looking over the boards and how the different mm-hmm. constructs happen. There's still a ton of drafts if you want to get into the main. Have uh, you decided if you're online. doing another main? I might do one with Colin. We talked about that, okay. you and I did, and we and that I've already been talking with Colin about, like, stand yeah, and I were talking. Just stay of mind i i think i would on purpose at that point like where there's no reason yeah. to like there's no, no reason stay. for us to do that at, at some point it's like negative ev too like we know each other's players front and back like yeah I, 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 it I'm was fun for, to
1: do one exactly but...
0: i'm all for taking on the tough competition but i'm not gonna seek out like yeah. your room again or like a phil do so room like I, i'm good i'll be in a tough enough room with if without knowing anybody mm-hmm. it doesn't i don't need to know everybody in it that was the perfect. Yeah, experience.
1: like Jenstad and I are signed up for the t- same one um, for our for, for for my for my last one. Uh, but there's like 30 people signed up, so hopefully so we just get put you- in a different league. Because so I don't yeah. want to draft against him again either. I, I don't um, blame you. You don't want to but, don't be
0: messing with striker twice. Are you kidding me? That's how you that's get just- struck. That's how you get struck, baby. That's how you get struck. All right. um, We'll be back on Thursday. I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about, though. Maybe just some news notes type of deal. Got to get everything situated. Um, And then are you and Justin – you guys are – you and Jason doing tout uh, review and, like, OBP chatter this weekend? Does that happen?
1: I got to talk to Jason figure out what we're going to do because we definitely need to recap our tout drafts um and probably do like first fab kind of run because that's right for those of you most of you uh who, who you know are have already drafted you're gonna have your first fab run this weekend um so we'll probably talk an some important one yeah um yeah, yeah especially if you drafted early on in the draft season drafted in january february um but even well, for those of us who drafted like in early march like my barf team needs, like, I need to drop, like, five guys. Uh, Yeah, it's – it's it's that team got brutalized. Uh, And Wilmer
0: was only drafted in nine of the 13 mains, so he's going to be a hot pickup in a lot of leagues. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be stuff out there, so um, definitely something to talk about there. But we'll be back. Justin, have a good one. I'll talk to you in a couple days.
1: Take it easy.